Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to a rainy Ho Chi Minh City, as you can see in the background here. I'm your host, Hal. Welcome to Ho Chi Minh City, our studio here. Uh, we've got a guest visiting from Santa Monica, California. For those of you that don't know, that's Southern California. He is the chief digital officer of Antravision, very large ad tech, media tech company based mm -hmm. in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. uh, but they're global. They serve the entire world, hence why they're here in Vietnam here today. Juan Saldivar, uh, welcome to the studio. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, we're going to start off with some short questions for our short videos and short TikToks. So we'll get started with that before we get into the podcast today. Are you ready? Ready. Okay, let's go. First question. What brought you to Vietnam? Growth. What's one thing about Vietnam that surprises you? Entrepreneurship. In one sentence, what is Entravision? We're a solutions company for brands. If you had to explain to a stranger what you do at Entravision, how would you do it? I try to attend the, uh, attract the best talent that can help me and help organization grow and bring value to, to our clients. What's an innovation at Entrovision that you're most proud of? I think we have been very successful in bringing solutions to 40 countries. We have shifted the business from a channel-centric, so media channel-centric business to a client-centric while bringing the best technology. I think that is the number one thing that we have done. What's different about Entrovision Vietnam compared to other markets? Vietnam's is, from my point of view, the one that has cracked the code the best way from an expert opportunity. Uh, understanding uh, global and international marketing arbitrage uh, set aside, let's say, China. Vietnam, I think, is, is the gold mine for, for entrepreneurship and marketing arbitrage. I'm looking for a digital marketing partner. Why should I pick Entrovision? I mean, I think we, we, we have a fairly good understanding of how to get to your customers easy. We translate the complexities of technology, uh, the complexities of understanding uh, where one dollar that you spend goes, and uh, we try to help you grow your business. What's the biggest career lesson that you'd like to pass on to our audience? Yeah, I, th I think what's, what's most important is, is try to measure what you do. Uh, recognize your mistakes and try to be very quick at making decisions that can uh, correct the course and stand back up again. On a Sunday at 10 a.m., where would you be and what would you be doing? I would be on my mountain bike on the mountain. What's a movie, book, or any piece of content that you've had recently that left a very strong impression? In the recent past, I saw Parasite from the Korean movie that left me uh, with a very strong impression of, of how society needs to polish up and change. Very good. All right. Those are the 10 TikTok questions okay. we had for you. Thanks, guys. So that's a bit of a TikTok session with Juan here. Thank you so much for sharing. We're just going to start off with... Uh, Please introduce yourself. Tell us about what you do at Entrovision and why you're in the business at Entrovision as well. First of all, thank you very much for the, 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 the invitation. It's a, it's a privilege to be here with you and in, and in, and in Vietnam, uh, trying to humbly understand what is happening here. Mm. Um, as I was telling you, I was here 25 years ago in, right. my, in my honeymoon last, and it's, uh, it's I feel, uh, with the, I say this with a little bit of remorse because I should have been here much earlier, <laughs> but um, uh, I'm here to meet our team, which is fantastically uh, set up here. Mm -hmm. uh, and also I'm here to learn more about the business, uh, get closer and more empathic with, with what is really happening uh, in, in, in Vietnam. Mm. Uh, we strongly believe that uh, there's a lot of opportunities in, in this territory. 
And to your question, first of what we do and what are we doing around the world, I would split this in four. Mm. Uh, we, we originally come from being a TV and radio business that was focused uh, on serving a Hispanic, the Hispanic community in the U.S., uh, and within the Hispanic community, the Spanish-speaking community. Right. That group of people inside the U.S. is 25 million people, and, and which represent a, GDP, a potential GDP of close to $600 billion. So it's, big, it's a big economy. Mm. Uh, but the Intravision was capped into one currency, uh, one demographic. And at some, at, at some point, um, a few years back, we recognized that the business was moving from a demographic point of view to a to a psychographic point of view. And here's where digital came in. And we set up from that time three other business units which I, we, that have become the cornerstone of our growth because we have multiplied our business four times in the past four years. Wow, incredible. Um, and we have grown from one country to 40 countries. And uh, mostly so, we have done it around three other verticals, no? One is that we have expanded our services through partnering with big tech companies like Meta and TikTok and Spotify and LinkedIn and Critio in, 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 many, in 29 countries, number one. Second, we have developed a, a fairly um, successful mobile app marketing service right, that, uh, that carry multiple flags or brands around the world, but pretty much focus on helping marketers find clients for their apps and retain those apps. The mobile app marketing industry is close to $150 billion. No? Of the global $750 billion, $150 belongs to just mobile app marketers. So we, we became quite good at doing that. Another vertical that we have been um, strongly investing in is lower funnel marketing. And for people that don't know what lower, lower funnel marketing, because it sounds a bit nerdy, mm. is everything has to do with converting converting clients into purchases, no? Uh, having a documented proof of performance uh, after uh, behind the dollar you put in as a, as a marketeer. So we are investing in commerce, commerce-related activities and yeah. commerce marketing, and that's the last vertical that we do. Okay, very good. That's a lot of, a lot of mm -hmm. growth, mm -hmm. a lot of diversification. You know, a, a side question would be, you mentioned you were here 25 years ago on your mm -hmm. honeymoon. What if you launched Entrovision here in Vietnam 25 years ago? What do you think the business would be at this point? <laughs> I think it would be massive, wouldn't it? Well, I, I think, I mean, at, at the end, I personally don't believe in countries as a, as a concept anymore. Mm -hmm. I think we are, we are citizens of the world right. that have similar patterns. Uh, today, with the democrat full democratization of technology, you can set up almost any business in any country in the world, right? Mm -hmm. If you use the, the right uh, talent and people and workflows. For sure, Vietnam is a great example uh, on, on what has happened and how not only the country has grown, but also how there has been a, a social transformation no? and uh, how, the, how the middle income piece of the population has in increased its quality of living. Mm -hmm. We had launched uh, 25 years ago. Intervision was founded uh, 25 years ago, actually based on on developing value behind a secluded community mm. that was not receiving proper marketing services. Right, right. So we are firm believers on developing economies, emerging economies mm -hmm. around the world. Yeah, let's take a step back a mm -hmm. little bit. You mentioned there's 40 countries mm -hmm. uh, that Entrovision is now in. I'm, I'm guessing you cover a lot of the Spanish-speaking world. That's probably one in the U.S., of course, too. Mm -hmm. Vietnam is a bit of an outlier. I know it's an emerging country. But could you paint that map for us, where, where you guys are currently? Yeah, yeah we, 
I mean, the U.S. would be definitely where we started. Mm. Uh, Latin America, we have operations in 18 countries in Latin America. So mm. Latin America, including Brazil, is is a, a, a big market for us. Uh, we are in Africa, in Cape Town, and in, Ke in Kenya, and in Ghana. So we are we are active presence in Africa as well. Mm. Our largest office and operation is in Barcelona. We have okay. close to 350 people in Barcelona. So we, uh, we have a pretty active presence in Europe. Um, our gamer marketing hub is in Berlin, and we go as north of Iceland. Mm. In the Middle East, we're in Pakistan and in and Mongolia in as part of also uh, Asia and of course in the Southeast Asia under the leadership of Peter Yandekron mm -hmm. um, we cover 11, 11 countries so uh, the operation in Southeast Asia is one that we uh, we close very we we have very close to to our hearts provided uh, the opportunities and uh, how rich the the region is so your team uh, is hosting you here in Vietnam you've got a team here and uh, there, there's a lot of reasons why you're here, trying to understand the market better, the opportunities and all that. In your role as chief digital officer, what, what justified your trip out here? I, I would love for our audience to hear more about your reasons. I would say, I'll cut it down to three. Mm. First is meet, uh, meet, greet our great team here that okay. has done an amazing job. Of which, how many are uh, We have 19 people in, in Vietnam, okay. but they have grown it uh, 3x in the past 24 months. Mm. It's a team that uh, has established relationship with top uh, agencies, top direct uh, to consumer clients. Mm. Uh, we have a uh, mobile performance business as well here. We represent uh, Twitter here as well. Okay. Yep. Uh, we also serve TikTok solutions here, number two is having a closer understanding of, of the entrepreneur ecosystem and the, the potential of growth in the market. Our team here is not, is not representing Entravision. Mm -hmm. Our team here is Entravision. And, mm -hmm. and one of the things, the top messages that I, I um, am leaving here with the team is that uh, let's grow together. Uh, let's find partners, let's find investment. Let's find opportunities to to develop what we do here uh, in organic or in, or in organic spaces. Mm -hmm. We are very keen on the lower funnel. We are very keen on what's happening and helping brands find cl clients. So mm -hmm. we're looking for technology, content creators, and opportunities. Let's talk about Entrovision, what you guys do exactly, um, and the evolution of the industry as we know mm -hmm. it. Started a couple decades back, uh, as you mentioned, serving the Hispanic, mm -hmm. uh, kind of Spanish-speaking population. That's a very traditional approach. Now everything's digital, everything's globalized. You have creators, as you mentioned, that are potentially based here serving the world. I actually just came back from Dubai from the NAS mm -hmm. summit. NAS is named after the NAS Daily Media Channel, mm -hmm. which is the creator, Nusire. He, he invented the one minute videos before TikTok was a thing. He's probably regretting the fact that he didn't start it himself. But um, you know, creators have now also taken over the scene. So my question for you, Juan, how is Entravision prepared for future-proofing its business, for capitalizing on this transformation in the media industry? I'd love your answer on that. I think we are, first of all, I think we are 70% away from, um, stop talking about digital or traditional, mm. the past and the future, whether it's a newspaper relevant or a TV relevant mm. or TikTok, TikTok is the future. I think the word digital or mobile channel selling will mm -hmm. just vanish. We, okay. ju we, we will just talk about audience, transparency, data, and results. And with that, I'll tell you that, yes, what was used to be, used to be called traditional media 
is just as relevant as digital media. Mm. Just like uh, it's just one piece of where the money should be or the investment should be. Um, so, I mean, to your question, I think we we are moving into into that direction. Uh, at the end, only companies that move into a client-centric or result-centric solution will survive over time. Mm. Uh, we have radio stations and we produce radio and we produce TV shows as well. Uh, and actually that part of the business is doing great as well. But at the same time, we are representing best technology so brands can can use those technologies to sell. So I think that the, these years are going to be a transition from still having this prejudice about what is a where is a channel and what is a, a performance-based or a client-centric result, but that will all blend into a, se- a central solution. Mm. Let's talk about the commerce media as well. I'd love to see, hear about how you guys approach that that business. I'm thinking like content to commerce and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I'll give you an example from Vietnam. You might actually not be familiar with this. A lot of people don't actually when I tell them this, which is TikTok in Vietnam is now the third largest e-commerce platform in the entire country, mm-hmm. less than one year after launching. When I heard that, I was astonished. But at the same time, I was not surprised because content and commerce go really well together. And the future of these e-commerce companies, they're probably scrambling when they hear that, right? Because their marketing budgets are huge, yet TikTok spends nothing on marketing. We'll love your comment on that, content, uh, commerce media. What's that look like from your Well, I think the, the world today is, yes, very confused with the terms, with mm. terms around new terms that sound like retail media. What, what the hell is that, mm. right? What's really happening with commerce? Uh, who's getting the clients? Where are the clients? But, I mean, recent data has, has is, is showing us the reality. Mm. And yes, you do have a very, I mean, a strong example with TikTok because TikTok has mixed up a democratized, ver- I mean, way of producing content. Right and finding clients and doing audience segmentation and behavioral publishing, so attracting more views. But at the same time, they have also mastered to develop what is called feed management. And feed management, which is also like a new word, Mm. but but, uh, translates into catalog management. So if there's a company that is able to upload a product, optimize how a product is displayed and link it to a payment uh, system and a fulfillment system and then tie it to to user-generated content at scale, of course, that equals commerce. And after Google and Meta, the third largest, it's an agency, I'll call it this way, in the world, Mm. is Amazon, no? 51 billion dollars. Amazon ads uh, reported close to to $51 billion of Mm -hmm. ad spend, right? But not only they reported that amount, but they became last year the number one advertiser in the world. So not only they sell advertising, but also they buy advertising. Right. The second one in the world is Alibaba. So that is literally transforming and sending us a very clear signal of what's really happening. That the guys that are the largest e-commerce players in the world uh, are leveraging the amount of their data uh, to also attract clients at uh, really low marginal costs mm. for new costs. Of course, TikTok and ByteDance is uh, it's following the, f- the the footsteps of those t- two guys. We will be seeing a very big transformation uh, on how people find products and um, and and uh, get those products delivered. We are the centerpiece. I mean, we are. We believe that we can partici- participate in an ecosystem in actually translating to the brands how they can acquire uh, clients in, in that space. I want to touch upon uh, how you guys have been positioned in Vietnam and what people know you 
for here being in Vietnam. You mentioned you guys represent Twitter, for instance. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew the the past name of the company yeah. that represented that, which was Media Donuts. You guys mm-hmm. are now uh, Entrovision. Yep. Yeah. Uh, here in Vietnam, at least. How does that rebranding re- reflect the commitment that you guys have to the region? And maybe you can share more about uh, that that rebranding as well. Well, the first one is a, is the message to all our all all our people mm-hmm. uh, that they feel they want them to feel backed by a by a, a global dream and a global play mm. where they they have access to technology, they have access to training, they have access to growth. Um, the second thing, of course, is to have a consolidated message to the market and to to, the, to a potential client base of the full services that we offer. Mm-hmm. I strongly believe that uh, you you can trust a, a brand, you can trust a service provider uh, if you're going to be investing uh, at scale. Mm-hmm. When you see uh, how well they do and and how much they they are willing to manage, also at the scale at the, at the global level. So our rebranding is just to convey to the market our, our, com- our commitment to the local operation and, and also uh, our, I mean, how strong we are in, uh, in understanding what can be done in, on behalf of uh, for the brands, right? Okay. For an emerging like market like Vietnam, you have 19 folks here. Uh, but you're you're very America centric historically, mm-hmm. at least. How do you guys approach that market expansion into Asia Pacific, and let alone a market like Vietnam? You know, most companies from overseas they they see a market entry opportunity into a place like Singapore, mm-hmm. or like a Hong Kong, where it's a bit more uh, somehow relatable or uh, business practices are more global. How has that approach been for Entrovision here in Vietnam? Well, today I think we have already made the shift from a U.S. centric culture to a global culture. Mm-hmm. 66% of our of our specialists or collaborators are are international. Mm. So we're like 1500 people of okay. which like close to a 1000 uh, work in 39 countries around the world. Our largest hub is in Barcelona. We have a fairly lar- large other hubs in Uruguay and Buenos Aires. So uh, I think we are rapidly moving into a a globally centric business while it's while being headquarters in, in, in LA. I have a follow-up question for you, and this mm-hmm. is just sharing my local insight here. Uh, and I'll take the examples of the platforms yeah. first. Of course, there's no public information out there. I think they're mm-hmm. not uh, required to disclose anything, but the likes of Facebook and YouTube, they, they make billions of dollars here. Mm-hmm. In fact, Facebook and YouTube have reported that uh, a place like Vietnam has the fifth amongst the top five but the latest figures is that it's the fifth largest and biggest in terms of watch time in the whole world, mm-hmm. despite having a population of less than 100 million. What's your take on that? Well, based on global trends, is that surprising to you that a place like Vietnam, despite having a significantly smaller population than some places like Indonesia, is fifth largest in the world for watch time? What, what's your take on that? Why do you think that's the case? We, we see very similar patterns around the world. I mean, behavioral publishing at scale is something that the big guys have mastered really well. Mm. And that has, that has attracted a lot of audiences to, uh, to their platforms at, okay. at marginal co- content cost, clearly, because most of it is user-generated. And the amount of data and how the data is managed in these big platforms, of, of course, is the, are, are the ones that are enabling the workflows so they can attract also uh, brand investment mm. uh, and, and stay there. So I mean I am not surprised. Um, 
uh, because the, this trend has been just growing and growing and growing. Did you know that fact before you came to today's podcast? You know, the, the, the problem in marketing right now is not only the, the amount of reach that each platforms have. Actually, mm-hmm. let's say I would say that there's at least five or six or seven that have impressive, no? impressive reach. Now, if I tell you that I represent a platform that has 30 million no? mm-hmm. uh, Vietnamese, you would say, Juan, that's a lot. You should be able to monetize it, right? And uh, so the, the next question is, how, how can you monetize it? Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the answer is tied to, is tied to the way you have act, you're, you're, you're capable to translating why, what is unique of that platform mm-hmm. and also what can be executed that can increase the branding or, and or the performance of the brand. So um, marketers are thinking differently, right? Are you, how can you help me with that, with that audience mm-hmm. achieve my goals? So my concern is, uh, and our concern in general, is not necessarily always about the total reach, but how can you really convey that to the brands? That is a number one bottleneck. And in, in your experience, especially in emerging markets where mm-hmm. content sophistication might be a bit lower mm-hmm. or perhaps brands are not as aware or up to date. So for instance, when so this podcast started about two and a mm-hmm. half years ago. Um, it started at the same time as a few of our more consumer-facing podcasts. Uh, we have what I like to call the Oprah Winfrey Show of Vietnam. Mm-hmm. It's called Have a Sip. It gets millions of downloads mm-hmm. per episode. Uh, this one doesn't, but the other one does. Mm-hmm. And that show, it started as a podcast, like I mentioned. When we reached out to our advertisers and brand partners about that, uh, the global ones were like, wow, a podcast, finally. Because there was no podcast native creator mm-hmm. in Vietnam. But the local brands, they had heard of that term before, but they were a bit dismissive because everyone was on video. And of course, this show's on video podcast, right? It's a simulcast, I guess you could say. Um, what's your take on, on you, we've been talking a lot about brands and mm-hmm. how they need to adapt and be on top of things. Uh, what's your take on emerging market brands? Are they really leading those conversations? Are they aware of them? And, and perhaps your context on Vietnam as well. What's their... Uh, reception to new products? I think there's more demand than supply. Where do, what does that mean? I think brands are a lot more open mm. for new products and new services. Okay. Brands are really open for business discussions as opposed to pitches. Mm. And this is around the world. Okay. We have exactly the same problem in Bolivia or in Vietnam. Mm. At the center of, I think, our growth is, uh, has to, I mean, it's linked to how sophisticated uh, our pitch is okay. in, fr- in front of in front of brands. Uh, we see very similar levels of sophistication uh, around the world. The biggest bottlenecks are have, are pretty absurd. Like for instance, client personnel turnover. Right? If you train someone and you spend you build a relationship and you you spend six months training that person and then suddenly that person moves to another job, then mm. you start from scratch. Right? Knowledge stacking <laughs> or knowledge let's say flight or mm. like capital flight mm-hmm. is the, the number one thing or one issue mm. a lot of these brand companies have. Right. And today at the speed at which mm-hmm. marketing is going has become a, a center, uh, a main concern. But to your point, similar sophistication. So, you know, we talked a lot about the, the demand and supply issue. You, you made a comment about that. What can intravision, especially those that work, are working at the company, perhaps, or people involved in the industry like us, what can we expect from intravision in terms of products or offering service innovation that you guys are looking forward to in the next year or two? Number one, I think we, we, it's, it's very clear that uh, our approach to the market has to 
be very competitive mm. on not only how we deliver results and prove results, uh, but also that we, we have to bring the best products to the market mm. uh, for branding and for, let's say, conversion or, or, or commerce related. Okay. In commerce, I think it's a full suite. I think brands need from, from uh, feed management, catalog management uh, support to media spend or social commerce uh, spend. And, and Travision is actually um, investing a lot in the, on that front. Mm. So you can expect a very sophisticated capacity to reach consumers and a, also um, a large uh, or short list of services can help uh, find consumers for, for specific e-commerce related activities. Very good. Um, Juan, you're an expert about advertising, marketing, mm -hmm. communications, getting that ROI for, for brands and mm -hmm. clients. I have a question for you that I always like to ask other experts as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm here today listening to what you have to share. I'm learning a little bit here, a little bit there. Um, but I always like to have guests on the show too that are from a completely different industry mm -hmm. that I can learn from as well. What's a potential industry that you would like to learn from that could better inform your awareness about Vietnam? And I ask you this because we'll invite you know, someone from that industry on, onto the podcast next. What's one thing as, you know, you were here 25 years ago, I'm sure a lot of thoughts ran through your mind as you've, you were just transferring from the airport, for instance, right? What, what's piquing your interest from, uh, at the moment from an outside perspective? Well, I've been in venture capital and I've been in entrepreneurship space for many years. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a long list of things that I would love to learn more. I would love to learn a lot more about the venture, the venture capital space in, in, in Vietnam, okay. who's doing what and how mm -hmm. uh, within the venture capital space. Uh, of course, there are so many different fields that <laughs> may include strange areas like f what is happening in food tech and what is yeah. happening in, in future of health and future okay. education. On that topic, what, what industries do you invest in as an angel investor? I'm curious, if any. I've invested in many companies. Uh, I've uh, like My portfolio today is in affordable design uh, furniture, beauty salons, CRMs. Beauty salon CRMs, okay. Uh, you know, and in, uh, in Brazil, in Brazil, you know, Brazil has most beautiful saloons than the U.S. Okay, yeah, that tells uh, you a lot. I invested in micro micro lending. Okay, um, and okay. you're probably thinking as you as mm -hmm. you were in the taxi um, from the airport, right? You're probably thinking from a startup perspective. Wow, like the potential for these kind of companies that I invested in Brazil mm -hmm. or wherever they were in the world could be here as well, probably. No, no, and and uh, I'm fa always fascinating on 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 translating the of uh, of course a country into opportunities. Mm. Uh, while linking the uh, linking dots, yeah. And I spent walking around the city yesterday, and I went into supermarkets and, mm. and trying to see who was selling what and how in what aisle. Amazing. And um, I think the world is still, in, it's in a fantastic inflection point right now. So there's going to be a lot of opportunities. A lot of industries are still very broken uh, that need to need to change in the world. Um, so, but to your question, uh, because you, I mean, you asked in which in which areas would right, you like right. to learn more? The topics that I'm fascinated are always. I mean, linked. I have like, of course, a, a bunch of. WhatsApp groups on on venture venture mm -hmm. capital. I think it's a very good source of finding where's the money. Who I mean, who is actually spotting and, mm -hmm. and, and screening and investing in entrepreneurship in in Vietnam? So Series A or B are the ones that I I, I, I like normally the, the most. So I have a follow up comment. I actually used to work in venture capital mm -hmm. here in Vietnam and in the U.S. And the number one problem that a lot of funds had and fund managers was that 
when they were fundraising, mm -hmm. they would approach LPs. Yep. And about five to 10 years ago, I, I moved here seven years ago, the normal question in a pitch, let's say you had a one hour meeting with an LP, 90% yeah. of the conversation, 50 minutes out of the 60 minutes mm -hmm. will be spent on convincing the LP why Vietnam. Mm -hmm. And then 10 minutes would be on the actual business. Today, a lot of fund managers are spending one minute on explaining Vietnam and the rest on business. So my question for you as, let's say you were a potential LP or mm -hmm. an angel investor into a startup, would be what are your questions about Vietnam that make you a bit hesitant or you want more information about Vietnam before you make an investment? What would those questions be to put you on the spot? Yeah, I think you're putting me a little bit early, <laughs> early on the spot. But I, I, at the end, I mean, as, uh, that's why probably I'm asking, I'm asking around venture capital because most of the venture capitalists that you may link, that you may find already have done some homework around understanding how safe your money is mm -hmm. in a in a market or in, an, in or in an industry, right? Right, right. But my five M's are critical, and I have a rule of five whenever uh, I try to find places to invest. And this, of course, is applied to what we do in Intravision. We look at management. Number one, the most important thing is management. Uh, you have to find management that is uh, good, trustworthy, empathic, culturally, and ethic. Not with ethical fiber, uh, because the 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 idea that they're selling you may may have may may fail mm. but you but if you have good management they will pivot into something that will work yeah the second thing that we look at that is critical is metrics so unit economics so especially in emerging markets a healthy gross margin and a well-managed opex or operating mar operating expense is fundamental my third uh, m is modes so what is it what is what is unique about what you have or, mm. and do and i think uh, vietnam has uh, a fantastic understanding of how to find supply and demand in the connected economy around the world. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's that's very specific here. I think that's a fantastic mode inside Vietnam. Yep. My fourth M is multiple, which has refers to and it's associated with um, uh, making sure that the company is not crazily valued mm -hmm. and uh, that people are doing valuations based on revenue multiples or crazy things because then it would be impossible to have a return on investment. And lastly, right. is market. Are you in the business? Uh, are you in a, in a market that is substantially big or big enough? And in that respect, I think also Vietnam has done a very interesting analysis. I don't think that has been planned. I think it, it has to be, do with the fact that uh, that uh, Vietnam has experienced what Taiwan experienced in the bicycle industry, right? Mm. Is where you, when you, the whole supply chain gets together and gets contaminated each other, and, and there's an ecosystem there. So um, those are my five M's. Amazing. Long answer to a, to a short no, question. No, those are very insightful. I like to ask that mm -hmm. because someone, it seems like you've done a lot of angel investing um, to get a fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. It's not every day because most people that I meet, uh, they have an interest. Uh, but they know Vietnam very, very, very well. You, have, of course, you run a big team. You have a you have a team here, but you're not visiting all the time, right? So, um, and it's your first visit in 25 years. So, welcome again. One last question too, which is Fire. about hiring. I always like to ask that. Entrevision 19 people in your ideal world. Well, where would it be in five years' time? And that's for the for the team here to maybe take note of as well. Where I, could it be in five I years? I think, of course, that is a challenge. Of course, the number one challenge to to our team here. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, they, we should grow as, as much as we want. We, we are a company that has shrunk as we have been, uh, been, been plugging in 
more workflows and more technologies, mm-hmm. and we have become more efficient. But we also we have expanded as we have found new opportunities around the world. So I would love to see the team growing to 100 or 200 people in, in, in the short term. And how big is the whole organization? We're 1,500 around 1500. the world. Okay. We have 380, um, let's say, solutions salespeople in, in knocking knocking doors or knocking on, on brands. Uh, mm. We serve 14,000 clients around the world wow. every month. So uh, we we describe ourselves like a solutions sales organization at the mm. heart. Mm. So if you catch me in the elevator, we're just a bunch of specialists helping you grow no? uh, around the world. We're good at selling, we're good at collecting, we're good at reporting. Mm. And that's what makes us uh, thrive. Okay, amazing. Thank you Thank again, you very Juan, much for sharing, and uh, for all, Thank all you. of you listening to the, today's podcast. Uh, let's check back, check back in with Juan in five years and see where we are with EntryVision. Thank you so much. Thank you. See you guys next time. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetera Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content.